This is Deep Blue, where we get the true life stories of BYU athletes, coaches, and fans. Here's your host, Jerem Jordan. On today's show, we chat with one of the best playmakers in BYU football history. He left BYU, he came back, he thrived, he went to the NFL, he played in the Super Bowl, he coached at BYU too, he's seen some serious adversity on the field and off it. His name is Reno Mahe. Reno, what's up, man? What's going on? <laughs> okay, tell me about where your journey starts. I saw you were born in L.A., but then you move around. You eventually go to Brighton and Salt Lake City. But, like, what's what's the story before you go to Brighton? Oh, so real quick, uh, my parents immigrated from Tonga, uh, both parents, met in Los Angeles, got married. Um, I was born in 80 and then in Inglewood. So grew up in Inglewood, Hawthorne, Lenox, all down there in uh, Southern California, and then you're a kid in the early '90s. Kid in, in the Southern early, California. In Southern California, there's a lot going on. It, you know, it's funny how much you don't realize where you grew up. Where people are like, "Dude, you're from the hood," and I was like, "You don't know what the hood is till you leave it." And so, again, but you're just a kid, so your surroundings it is what it is, like. You didn't, you know, you, you don't know what a basement is till you moved to Utah. So we moved in Utah in 92. Um, so I, I think I was 11 turning 12. Anyways, I, I go to six elementary schools, four junior highs. Fortunately, I went to one high school. So that was Bryan High School. But then I moved from, I moved from L.A. to West Valley. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, that, that was the ghetto like I came from the ghetto like this place is nice <laughs> then you go from West Valley to Cottonwood Heights and you're like it's different oh a little different like <laughs> but uh yeah so that that was kind of the you know where I grew up and then from there I came to Provo BYU Dixie BYU and then Philadelphia and now I'm a Lehigh I'm not a pioneer but a Sky Ridge so I'm in Lehigh, 13 you're, years you're in the Sky same Ridge. house. I'm Sky Ridge. 13 years in the same house. 13 That's since, new for you given what you just said about how much you moved. Exactly. So it's it's a stability I wanted to give to my kids that I never had. I liked it, though. It taught me how to deal with all different types of people and whatnot that I felt like helped. But um, I just wanted to give my kids something that I didn't have, neighborhood, friends, how they grew up and never had to move around. So... It's a, just a different different situation. How many siblings do you have? So I've got a little brother, two sisters, and a handful of adopted older brothers. Gotcha. Like legally adopted or pseudo uh, sort of at like brothers? First cousins that my parents raised gotcha. are my brothers. That lived with you and same last are name. like brothers and everything. Yeah. I love that. Lived and so they're my older brothers. Gotcha. So you got a host of host of people. Yeah. And you have a big family yourself, do you not? Nine kids. Woo! Five boys, four girls. I will have two here at BYU this fall. First as freshman? Uh, my older boy is a year and a half, and then my daughter's a freshman. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Congratulations. Good That's times. exciting, man. Good times. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about your family uh, coming up uh, on the show here. Okay, so you end up going to Brighton. You end up going to BYU, but I read you were a Utah fan growing up. So my older brother played at the U. So you're you're a Ute. Yeah, hate the hate BYU. You hate BYU. Can't stand BYU. <laughs> and so you're, and again, the whole BYU Utah thing's foreign because we're from LA. Are you an SC guy? So I was an SC guy. Okay. So it was like you grew up SC. You didn't like UCLA. You know, it was the rich kids. Blah blah blah. You move to Utah. Older brother plays playing for the U. Coach Mack is like your uncle. Love the dude go out of the Utah camp. I used to come to the BYU camps in my older brother's U of U jacket. You were that kid. I was that punk kid <laughs> that showed up to the BYU camp in a Utah in Utah gear just because you hate BYU. You're a Utah dude. You felt like you were repping. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm repping the U. Yeah. I'm, I'm repping my older brother. So how do you end up at BYU? Um, I, I blame my uncle, uh, my mom's brother. <laughs> <laughs> so... I, I'm done. I'm already committed. I'm going to the U. Coach Mack loved the U. Um, and you're Gatorade Player of the Year in Utah. You're a big deal. You're, want, right. you're wanted, <laughs> right? I'm all right. Yeah, yeah. Did SC ever offer? 
No, I didn't get any would offers. Would you have gone to SC if they offered, given kind of growing up there? I think my dad would have made me go there mm. if they did, which it's funny because don't let me forget, I did get a chance to go to SC. So From Dixie? From Dixie, gotcha. correct. Norm Chow is there at the time. Oh, Norm, yeah. Norm's so there's there. an interesting okay. story yep. behind that as well. Okay, we'll get to that. Um, so I'm, I'm done. I'm going to the U. Everyone knows this. It's, it's a done deal. My uncle convinced my mom for me to do a trip here on a weekend where I have a basketball game. But a high school basketball. A high school basketball game. And so I end up playing, I think we were playing at Timpanogos. And so right after the game, just come do the trip. And so I was like, whatever, free weekend, snowmobiling, cool. Let's just go do it. So we go do it. Again, I got my U of U gear. Getting that punk kid, right? And um, it was like, hey, thanks. Thanks for the visit. Good time. So everyone always has this exit interview at the end. And Lavelle, uh, Coach Edwards, my mom and dad were sitting in there. Hey, thanks. Great visit. Appreciate it. Walk out. My mom turns around and tells me, go tell Coach you're going to come here. And I'm like, serious? Like, and she's like, don't make me tell you again. So I turn around. Knock on his door, like, Coach, uh, my mom told me to tell you I'm coming here. You even said it that way? Yeah. <laughs> Not me. Not my me. Mom my mom said, oh, next day <laughs> I have to tell Coach Mack that I'm going to BYU now. Uh, so is I'm that on, hard? Uh, that was the worst. Calling him, Coach, my mom says I'm going to BYU. You're blaming your mom on this whole thing? I, it's her fault. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean blaming her? It's her fault. <laughs> and so... He's just like, you, I hate myself. Ron can spit it, right? Yeah, but it. I love that man. To yeah. this day, I still talk to him. I think a lot of BYU fans really respect Ron and Pratt. Yeah. They love him. Yeah. Yeah, I, he got I, it. I love Coach Mack. And he, listen, he changed Utah into, you know, we can have return missionaries here. We can do that. Oh, he, he, like in Polynesian culture? Not only that, he he stole that pipeline from Kahuku. He changed like, the game in the rivalry. He really did. BYU's pipeline that they had was Hawaii. Ron McBride changed that. And he started it with guys like Kao Tai. Like he, and there were things he did that he knew. And it was a done deal. That I mean, that, that pipeline to the U gave them that chance. And I know people don't want to give Ron all the credit, but he, he is— Utah's where they are right now because of Coach Mack. Yeah, I agree. They built off kind of what was started. Absolutely. Right? Enough about them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then it, I'm I'm at BYU. I'm committed. I'm coming to BYU now. So when that, did when did you when did your sort of I guess heart buy into that as opposed to this is what my mom wanted me to do? How long did that um, take? That's it, a big decision. Yeah, probably not not for a couple of years. Years, yeah. So, are you at BYU at this point when it kind of happens? Does it take time, Jeremy? I don't think it it made sense to me until I married Sonny and I'm back at BYU. Okay, it takes a sec. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it took me a while to realize why my mom did what she did. And what made BYU BYU. Hmm. And so it took a lot of heartache. It took a lot of growing up. It, it took a lot that, um, you know, getting kicked out of BYU, not being accepted to come back, and then eventually being let back in to realize what my mom saw for me. Hmm. Okay, so let's go there. You come to BYU as a freshman. Let's talk, and, and we'll get to sort of this journey, but on the way there, the first game of your freshman year, 98, at Alabama. Now, this, <laughs> now, now this isn't true, Al- true freshman now. Yep. I'm 18. Now, this is Junior Mahe. This is a different you. You change your name later. We'll talk about that. At Alabama. All I remember from that game is Sean Alexander had five touchdowns. Five touchdowns. Like, he was unbelievable. Yeah. But there's another dude that scores a touchdown in this game, another running back, <laughs> it's you. It's, it's Junior Mai, right? Yeah. And BYU scores like with under a minute left to make it a seven-point game. It like looked and felt like it was close. 
It didn't. It was actually probably that close, right? Like, no, out, we still had a chance. We had we had an onside kick. We didn't get it. They won. But we wait. We still had the ball. We I think we had a ball with the chance to go and tie. If I maybe, remember, maybe, maybe it's better maybe. than I remember. Okay, I, I swear. I last time I saw the game, that there again, was a throw or that, a play. Correct. That, okay. that we threw a pick. Okay. Yeah, we, we ended up throwing a let's pick. Say, let's but go with we that. we only lost by seven. Let's go with that. Only yeah. seven. Listen, there's a moral victory in that. There really is. At uh, Alabama? For me, going— What was that like? Playing Jordan Beat Diggers. <laughs> to, to Alabama? To Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It was a cool experience, especially yeah. not—I have nothing to compare it to, right? Like college football. Like, like I don't know if I fully took that in because I didn't know any better. And that, like, is I, every game like this? Like, right? No. Every SEC, game is not. Every game when you is, play New Mexico, it's not going to be like this. You're Wyoming. It's not like that. Yeah. Right? Like, no, it wasn't. But it was a cool experience. And to get the opportunity to play and then to actually be able to score and have some success in that game, it was it was quite the experience. So, to okay. say the least. So, you play your freshman year. You're running back. Correct. Um you had, a, you had a pretty good year. It was exciting. You know, you're you're, yeah. uh, you're getting some playing time. You're getting some run. And then, like you said, you get kicked out of BYU, and then you're not accepted back in. Now now what are you going to do? How do you figure out, okay, I'm going to Dixie. I'm so, going to play junior college. Um, it, it was one And of was the, that hard? Yeah, it, it was tough because by this time, I had the ability to go to any school now. And so— was I going to follow Norm Chow to NC State? Norm Chow is at NC State with Philip Rivers. Yep. I take a recruiting trip out to NC State. Philip Rivers hosts me oh. on this recruiting trip okay. at NC State. How was it? Um, I think seems still segregated there. <laughs> In Raleigh? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I go with Philip Rivers, and it was like hanging out with all the white guys. And Are there then, any Polynesians on NC State's team? No, I'm guessing no. Right? No, and yeah. I think everyone thought I was Mexican. So then I go with one of the black wide receivers, and it's just like an all black party. Like so, I was like, I, I got nowhere to fit in now. <laughs> I don't know where I fit in. You're a long and, way from home. Yeah, yep. and so I remember taking an earlier flight out of there. <laughs> Oh, you bounced. Yeah. You were done. <laughs> I, like I think I had an evening flight. I was like, you know what? Just drop me to the airport. I'm getting out of here. Oh wow! I was like, it ain't gonna work. So instead of going there, I end up going to Dixie. And then while at Dixie, I played my my sophomore year. So I played my true freshman year at BYU. I get let go from BYU. I'm going to UVSC at the time, also known as UVU now. I was going to redshirt and then come back to BYU. After I redshirted a year, BYU tells me, no, you haven't grown up yet. And so now I have to be gone for two years. How did they know you haven't grown up yet? They bring you in. You interview. I don't know. You know, maybe They, they assessed you and didn't they feel like you were ready. And they, yeah. Okay. And whatever information they have, they just don't feel like you've grown up yet. Which they were right. Like. They abso- In hindsight, you agree? Absolutely. Interesting. Did. Okay. They were absolutely right on all accounts. Gotcha. And how do you, why do you go to Dixie? How, how do you land at Dixie if you've got like an opportunity to go so, to other places? So Dixie, it was more so that um, you when you transfer, there's certain transfer rules. You could come back without. Yeah, there, out there's. Year. Yeah, there's. So, so you I don't a JC. Yeah, so I don't want to waste a year of football. Yeah, because I've already sat out a year. You already did a year. At I already DSA. did a year. Okay. So there are certain rules about transferring and this mm-hmm. and that. So if my, if I understand, if I remember correctly, Dixie was an option, um, and then from there I can go anywhere I wanted to. Okay, so why why Dixie? I knew um, Coach Croshaw, so I knew the head coach there. Loved the man, and it was just a good fit. It was a good time to, um, you know, there was a lot of just different factors out there. And you switched to receiver at this point? No, I'm still running back. You're still a running back? Yeah. Okay. So I'm still running back. Gotcha. So Have I you changed to- your name to Reno? Because you went by junior as a freshman. When do you change the name? I want to be. I want to go by. Yeah, Reno now. I wanna. I wanna know if it was before I came back to BYU. I, I think is when I, when I left Dixie to come back, or I couldn't remember if I changed it at Dixie or if I 
changed it coming back. I don't remember which. Why? And, and is Junior? Are you a Junior? So my family calls me Junior. They call you Junior. Correct. Are I you went a by. I am. I'm named after my dad. Gotcha. Reno is my middle name. What's your first name? Sateki. Sateki. Sateki Reno Mahe Junior. Gotcha. So, so you named, went by Junior as a kid. You go by Junior. At I go by Junior. Yeah. No, but I went by Reno in high school. Like football, it was just differentiating between those that know me from gotcha. football and those my family. So Uriah Atala has this. So my, Lopa, for those who are close to him, Uriah cor- for everybody else. Correct. Yeah. So my family calls me Junior. Gotcha. And then um, when I came back, well, yeah, so then I changed it when I came back. Gotcha. Were you always sold on coming back? Because you could easily have felt perhaps burned by the university in some way and be right. salty. Right. Um, walk me through those feelings of, yes, I do want to go back to BYU. So there was a – there was when I was getting ready to go to Dixie, my dad was real disappointed. Like I, I, I'll never forget this was like the – that one turning point in my life that I knew I was going to make it in the NFL. I was getting ready, and my dad was just, I mean, already heartbroken about getting kicked out of school. But now I'm not going back to BYU, and I'm electing to go to a junior college. And he just couldn't understand it. And I said to him, I was like, look, Dad, you want me to play in the NFL. That's You know, that's been your dream for me since I was a kid. And I told him that day in the driveway, I'll never forget that, that in Provo, I was like, I will play in the NFL. I promise you I'll make it in the NFL. And so just trust me on this. Let me go to Dixie. Let me just let me do this. So I go to Dixie. Um, I'm playing running back. And teams have like 10 guys in the box. I mean, I've heard of eight in the box. <laughs> I've heard of nine in the box. Well, and they're not even covering someone out there. Like, it was just. Audible, just throw it just, to them. It was so bad. <laughs> so I go to Coach Croshaw. I'm like, I, I played wide receiver in high school. Like, I can play wide receiver. You know, like, I'm, I'm a pretty good receiver. So we, and we had really good running backs behind me. You know, we had some good running backs. Um, my little cousin, Ryan Felipe, um, a kid from Hawaii. Like, we had some really good running backs. So I was like, just let me go play receiver. So that's when I went and played receiver. So you changed midseason? I was like after the first couple games. You're like, enough of this. Yeah. I'm tired of running it, this is This is silly. Ten in the box. Okay. Yeah. So when, in the driveway, you're talking to your dad. How do you know you're going to play in the NFL? How do you how do you know that? Just ton of self confidence. You know what you're yeah, capable of. There, there's just I don't know. Maybe it had something to do with the Alabama game. Like, like I scored at Alabama. I am capable of hanging with Sean Alexander. Right. Let's go. Let's go. He had five, but I mean, I had one. <laughs> you combined for six. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I there was just something that day. I just like I, I just knew I could I could play in the NFL. There was, you know, and I, I knew that's what my dad wanted. I knew that was a dream of mine's as well. He didn't like your process. Yeah. But the end game was going to be the same. And the so same page he, that he got behind it. Did it take a sec for him to get behind it? Yeah. I mean, it was it, quite the move. Yeah. I'm going to go to Dixie. It's different. It was. But he still come in support. <laughs> that's awesome. He was still there. That's awesome. Okay. So when you're at Dixie, is it always the plan to go back to BYU or – are you like you said? You're courted by other teams at this. Point. Yeah, I started taking recruiting trips. I remember I, I even tripped out to UNLV because Coach Kenu Matalolo was out there, and one he was of the, now the Navy head coach, correct, longtime Navy head coach. Correct. And um, Norm Chow and my dad come looking for me during this process. I'm trying to remember what time, whether it was during Dixie or at the end of Dixie. Like after, during the recruiting part of it, it had to have been after because they had the season. And so now he's, yeah, he's. In context here, Norm wanted to replace Lavelle Edwards. Interviewed for it, didn't end up getting that gig. It was Gary Kruntz. So, you know, and, and, but Norm in the meantime is not sitting. He goes to NC State, he goes to USC, he goes to so the Titans, like, yeah, he goes so, to Utah and Hawaii and da da. So like, he, he's at USC at this time. Yeah. So 
yeah, Norm wanted to be the heir to the net. Unfortunately, did not get it, right? Robert and I kind of felt the same thing after Bronco. There's a similar thing there. But Norm's going after you at this point. Yeah, so Norm is— This is after the 2000 season going into 01. Correct. So Norm is— <laughs> he's Him and my dad come looking for me at Sonny's house. And they, by, knew, they knew you'd be at Sunny's house. By this time, <laughs> I've, while at Dixie, I wanted to marry Sonny. And so, are you dating at this point? Yes. So we, me and Sonny had been dating for maybe a year. Um, you met at BYU. We, well, I'm at UVU, UVSC. She's at BYU. So me and, and a buddy, Sonny's on the volleyball team. For she's those on the know. volleyball team. This 99. She's freshman. All-American. She's, She's legit. 6'2". I'm 5'9". It was just not meant to be. <laughs> Me and a buddy are walking down the road. Her and her sister pick us up to give us a ride to my dad's shop. I walk in my dad's shop. Um, my dad meets her, and my dad's, like, talking to me in tongue and like, hey, you should take this girl out. And I was like, dude, look at her, man. You think she want to take me? Like, she's 6'2", man. She don't want to go out with me. But I'm like a dropout, and she's all world over there at BYU, right? And so um, we just keep running into each other. So me and Sonny are dating. First month or two at Dixie, um, we're not dating. And I remember, and it's actually his mom's my um, Brent Herring. Brent Herring, who's like the American Samoa national (laughs) team coach, which is cool, in baseball. So his mom is my institute teacher at Dixie. Wait, say that one more time for the edit. Like Brent Herring, his mom. Brent Herring, his mom is my institute teacher at Dixie. And he, or I'm taking her class and I remember walking out of her class and I'm not even dating Sonny at this time. We, we, um, we were not dating at this time. And I remember saying that I'm a Mary Sonny. I'm done. It was like a marriage class like a marriage <laughs> you're in the mood <laughs> yeah and so i still remember walking out of this institute building like the whole like environment outside under the trees sun blah 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 and i was like so i go i start courting her back and i'm like i'm going back so now i want to go back i want to be with sunny and the worst part about all this Sonny <laughs> years later was like I would have came to USC with you <laughs> <laughs> you think you had to go to BYU to be with Sonny correct it all makes sense <laughs> Yeah, it all makes sense but that was probably one of the biggest factors another was I always wanted to come back and finish what I started at BYU like I just felt this urge to Get back and, re, you know, just... Um, say it. You were going to say it. A redemptive redemp- story. Yeah. Yes. I just wanted to... Yes. Yeah. Re- I didn't. I don't know if it's redeem, but I wanted to redeem my family name. I mm. wanted to... You felt you had uh, done something there. Correct. Okay. Correct. And so that was... Um, yeah. That, that was a... And then coming back, it 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 all felt right. Like it, it, it all... It all made sense of why my mom wanted me to be there. Like that's where it all – it wasn't until like the first day back on campus that I realized what made BYU great. And so it taught me that um, there's more to life than just football. You know, my freshman year, it was like, no, I'm football. What? I just scored a touchdown against Alabama. What do you mean? Like you think you're you're above, you know you, you're just you're better than everything. You, and and it was it took that experience to make me realize that you're not, you know, just because you're a football player, just because you're football. No, it, it, that's not what life's all about. And so, I don't know if I'd have learned that lesson anywhere else had it not been for that. You had to go through that. I had to go through that. Mm. Yeah. When you're interviewed again to assess whether you're ready to come back, are you nervous? Not at all. Because you've already – you've failed the one, but now you're like, no, I'm good. Like, yeah. I'm going to ace this. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It was I, – I mean, and there was – there were people 
um, lucky Fanoi Moana. Um, had I mean, he's he's passed, but he was a huge integral part of that. He worked up at the Honor Code's office, and he it was guys like him, um, my uncle um, Paula Ico, who was in the bishopric stake presidency. They just they they all took me under their wings, and it was like showed me that path. That but you had to be willing to. You know, you had to be humble enough to realize all those things, to realize why your mom made you come here. Like, and so, I and for that, I've always been, like, BYU forever indebted to that, you know, on top of my wife. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so, yeah, it, it was those kind of lessons I think I needed at that point in my life that I don't know I would have got anywhere else. Hmm. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have. When did you marry Sonny? May 2001. Oh, so before your first semester back, I guess, playing. Yeah. You're married now. You're a new guy. You're going by Reno. You're married. Yeah. <laughs> you're back at BYU. This is a pretty exciting time. Okay. And then the good times keep rolling because in 01, all of a sudden, this team starts 12-0. and 0. I mean, this yeah. is this – is, so at this point, I'm a senior in high school. I'm – Fully engaged in every moment. Where'd you of what's go to high school? Copper Hills. Okay, so you're down the yeah. street. I'm yeah, I'm not too far <laughs> away, right? I'm coming to every game I can. You know, Tulane, seventy points. Holy shnikes! Gary Crone's the quarterback. It's Brandon Doman, Luke Staley. There's a bunch of NFL guys on the defense too. Like <laughs> yeah. this is awesome, man. We were deep. You were yes. That team, oh, that team is reminds me of ninety in a way, because you guys did something spectacular and you're in the top ten, and. We'll get to this, but the way the season finished, unfortunately, makes it so people don't still feel that way about that team. Yeah. Luke Staley gets injured. We'll get to it in a sec. But okay, when do you realize that oh one team's going to be special? Because it's a new head coach. It's not Lavelle. It's a totally different thing. Different unis. The the whole deal, you know, the, from the last couple of years or whatever. What uh, what's that like in oh one? It was, uh, and I'm newly married, and so it was just such an amazing ride. It was great to be back here. Um, um, you feel like you're redeeming your family's name. You know what I mean? Like all of that, that whole um, redemption was, it was just an amazing feeling. And then um, go through that uh, Utah game and we beat Utah. I mean, regardless, no matter what, how it ended, we beat Utah. <laughs> and that's one of the more dramatic, amazing Finishes. Finishes. You're down 11 with six minutes to go. Yes, yes. And the year before was a miracle, right? You're watching this from Dixie, but yes. Lavelle's last game, and now it's like, oh, Luke Staley and, and everybody, and you, and we'll get to the story around you playing in that game. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in fact, we'll do it in just a second, but yeah, you beat Utah. Yeah, so it, as far as the end of that, um, as a player, it was one of those things where injuries, but we let the BCS get the best of us. You know, going out to that game, knowing they— Talking about Hawaii? Yes. So BYU's 12-0. and 0, You've beaten Mississippi State, but Luke Staley breaks his leg. You went Correct. on a field goal. You have an incredible game, by the way, in that game. More than numbers. 14 catches, 181 yards, two touchdowns. 12-0. and 0. That week, you find out you're not going to be able to go to the Fiesta Bowl. They're just no, not going to invite you, right? We don't find out till we're in Hawaii. Oh, this is what I mean. Like, oh, okay. So, when do you get to Hawaii? Yeah, we're still like on Thursday. We're, but I don't. We might have went out on a Wednesday. Like, I don't, I'm trying to remember how early we went out because you usually go out. Yeah. Earlier. Yeah. You're 12 and 0, but no Luke Staley. No and Luke Staley. You're not exactly sure how this is going to go. But even then, like it was Hawaii. Like we felt like, yeah. We'll, and they end up being pretty good that year, by the way. Yeah. Nine or ten win team. Yeah. And. Then we find out Fiesta Bowl is not going to take us. So they told the team. We somebody told the team. No, they released it. Like it was public. It, it was public. Like it was public knowledge. They're not going to, regardless of the game. We You're ranked be, like eighth right now. You're totally in position. Thirteen and zero. It doesn't matter. They won't take us. Do you think that's because Luke broke his leg? No, I don't. I don't think it had anything to do with. Luke. You think it was because this my is, my own? Yeah. Like I don't know if I'm allowed to have. Who knows if you're allowed to have opinions anymore? But my own personal opinion of that whole deal is B 
BYU always gets the short end of it. I don't know if it's because we're Mormon. I don't know. But I always feel like we we get the short end of it because of our religion. Like, that's just me. I don't and that's know. A, and that's a deep conversation. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sorry, but that that's like that that whole thing. No, we're, don't, don't we are it. any yeah. other school. We're Utah in that situation in the Mountain West. No brainer. Now, a little context. 98 and 99, Marshall and Tulane. BYU helps those teams also fi- finish undefeated, by the way, by losing bowl games. <laughs> those years. <laughs> you were on the 98 team. Um, they finish undefeated, and they don't sniff the BCS either. But BYU had a bigger brand and had won a national championship and had produced a Heisman 11 years before. So it was a little different. Yeah, I feel you. But there had been teams that hadn't been on the inside, if you will, that hadn't made it. And even five years before BYU didn't get in, got to the Cotton Bowl, didn't get into the uh, you know big bowl system of that era. Yeah. So there's sort of a precedence here for being left out, right? Now it's yeah. the next chapter. And so we get left out. Does that affect the I, ga- the entire game? Guys are swimming. Like some guys swam day of the game. You tell me how much anyone cares. Mm. Like I I joke around with Coach June Jones about this because he close friend of mine, and he was the head coach of Hawaii. And I'm like, ah, eh, no one cared for that game. I know we're twelve and zero. We're going to Liberty Bowl regardless. You've already accepted it, or you're about to. No, because you're the Mountain West champ. There's no choice. You're in. We're in, unless you had gone to the Fiesta, but you know you're not. We're not anymore. Okay. So, no, it's like whatever. It's honestly like going into that game. It was whatever. Outside of pride, and if you look at the stats of that game, you can see who has pride in the game. But the feeling was whatever. That's a massive bummer, man. But it was a – I get it though. Like I get it. Like I get you want to have an undefeated season. But it's like, yeah, you won the Liberty Bowl. I get it. I get I get the mentality. But at the end of the day as a player, like you go through your ranked top 10, you're – I don't know. That That's a hard pill to swallow. So – I get You're it. You're saying to be motivated for to that. To be motivated game. for that game. Gotcha. You know, like it, it was just, it was, yeah, it was such a hard, yeah, that was a hard pill to swallow, man. Because mm. it was, I mean, it was such a special year, right? It was very special. And there yeah. were so many things. Um, 9-11. You had, that Mississippi State <clears throat> game had been rescheduled. Had that was the game mis- you were supposed to play that week. Correct. And yeah. they were they had done a lot better early on. And then we play them when they're losing season. Like there was, there were so many different things like that. That by by the time we're out there on that trip and we're hoping for this, that was the only thing left to top off that season was getting that invite to a BCS. And when we didn't get it, it was just like, hmm. which is a bad attitude. I get it, but it also makes us human, right? Like, yeah. And then that Hawaii game, unfortunately, doesn't go well. And Hawaii's uber-motivated to play BYU always. Yeah, That's still a uh, program record points allowed, by the way, 72. I, that was a terrible day, just all around, like you, like you mentioned. It was, it was tough. So then you go to Liberty Bowl, and, and Louisville's pretty good in that game. They're a 10-win team that year. Yeah. And you lose that one, and the season's over. Is it weird when that season ends? Because it's, it went so well, you guys were incredible. It's an amazing team. You look at the, the roster there and what you guys did, led the country in scoring. You have an amazing year with 91 catches, 1,211 yards, nine touchdowns. It, how would how you feel after that season? It, it was just everyone was hurt. Mm. Every You know, Brandon got hurt in the Hawaii game. Separated both shoulders, right? Yeah. Like Luke was already out before yep. that game. There Wins was, the Doak Walker for again, best running back. Yeah. On crutches, he accepts the award. It's like Again, yeah, a lot of injuries. Game. So it just you, ends hurt. Like the season, we it, it was hurt. I was hurt. I, I don't think I finished that game, the bowl game. Um, a lot of it was from the Hawaii game, but I still tried to play in that bowl game. But, yeah, it was just it ended hurt. But I think a lot of it was just our hurt feelings from not being accepted into the BCS, to be honest with you. And that makes sense. So That makes sense. Okay, back to the Utah game. So 
the Monday of the Utah game, if I recall correctly, you have an appendectomy. Walk me through that and that week because you play in the Utah game that Saturday and somehow have this incredible game and help lead BYU to a victory. Like, what in the world? <laughs> Talk me through that. I've heard Brandon Doman's end of this story, but I want to oh, hear really? yours. Yeah. <laughs> this is about so, you. So here's the funny part. Sunday, my wife flies in from a volleyball tournament. Me and some of the husbands go pick up our wives. But I'm hurting Sunday night. So as we go pick them up, these husbands are helping their wives carry their bags. And I'm just kind of like slouched over. I'm like not feeling good. And my wife just kind of looks at me like all perturbed on why am I not carrying her bag? But I'm hurting. We get back to our apartment. I'm laying in the tub like just stomach is bugging. And it's the day after you played at Wyoming. Yes. So maybe if, maybe it's from the game or something. Right? <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? And then um, she has a team meeting, so she leaves me. And I'm laying there in the tub, and she knew something was up because when she comes back, I'm still laying in there. Like something's just not right. On the way to the hospital, car dies. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So we get a hold of Dwayne Busby. He comes, takes us to the hospital, and then come to find out. So this is like now this is we're, – we're into the morning hours of Monday. Um, well, no, sorry. Um, it's late, like maybe 11 p.m. or something like that, where Brandon Doman is leaving. A, you know how they do the, those 10.30 p.m. KSL spots for sports yep. late at night? Yep, like, coach's show back in the day was Sunday nights. Correct. Yep. So he's leaving it as I call him to come give me a blessing. From Salt Lake? Was he up there? No. Or he was in Provo. Provo. Okay. He was at the satellite spot gotcha. in Provo. So he comes, gives me a blessing, leaves, and then they, I don't know, Monday morning to, I don't know, whatever time in the morning, they give me, they, they do the appendectomy, the surgery. So then I'm not at practice Monday, um, not at practice Tuesday. Now the media is starting to come around to it like... Then they, you know, they find out. But mind you, we're still undefeated. We're, you know, you're eleven and zero, top twenty five team in the country. Like yeah. we're having a no, you're ten, 10 and 0 waiting for Utah. This is for the Mountain West Conference Championship. This is a big game. Big game. And so, um, <laughs> so many funny stories about that weekend. <laughs> I always knew I was going to play. I told myself I was going to play, and one of the things I did again, don't. Don't do this at home. But I felt like if I didn't take any pain medicine, then I knew I I will know if I can handle the pain. Mm. So I didn't after the surgery, I didn't do any pain medicine. Wow. So I wanted to see how my body copes with the pain. So Monday morning I get up. Um, I don't walk around much. Tuesday I'm trying to walk around the hospital. Like, I'm trying to, like, okay. Like, no, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to play. Like, there's way. It's freaking Utah. I'm not not playing in this game. So, <laughs> you just had an appendectomy, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm good in five days. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. So, <laughs> um, I think it was Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday, one of these days, I sneak out of the hospital. And I go to practice. You sneak out? So I just, but I wanted to be able to just walk. So you don't like, check out officially? Like, no, just, I just, leave. I leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably Wednesday because Thursday is like walk around, yeah. walk throughs, right? So Wednesday I, is like a practice. Yeah. So I show up to practice just kind of like, no, I'm going to play. Like I, I had my mind made up. You're, you're, the little wristband's still on. Yes. <laughs> I go back to the hospital. You did? Yes. I had to go back. To like check out? Yes. So, but I knew I, I'm going to do it. And the best were stories that came out. You should hear people that were on the radio during this time. Oh, his parents are stupid for letting him do this. Who would let their kids do this? Utah fans. Oh, he didn't even have surgery. Like, it was awesome. <laughs> it was like, the whole story was made up. Like, all right. Like, You're like, uh, my appendix says otherwise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there was, 
yeah, there's a lot of fun stories behind the story, and um, yeah, it just it was just a magical game. Like, do you remember your numbers from that game? I don't. I remember scoring a touchdown before the half. Like I remember Crockett. I hit a corner route on him. Um, smash him out, Brandon. I knew he was going to give it to me in the corner. And the ball, as I looked for it, it was thrown inside this way. And so I had to turn back around. Like it was, yeah, it was a fun, it was a fun play. But at the end of the day, it was all worth it. Blood on your jersey, your stitches ripped. Like they had to. How bad was it? It was bad. <laughs> like they had to put a duct tape on it. So <laughs> on your skin, yeah, over the stitches. Yeah, it was. But it was at so, halftime, before the game, after the game. Um, I, I it might have been like third quarter where it was like oh, bleeding. On the field. Yeah, it was like bleeding into my stitches. Can you see it on your jersey and yeah. the TV? Broadcast? Oh, afterwards, okay. there, there has to be. You can see blood on the on the jersey afterwards. But it was. It was Utah. It's a Kurt Schilling suck. Yeah. That's what that's, that is for you. It was Utah, and it was so worth it. Mm. So Five catches, 94 yards, and a touchdown. That would have been good if you were healthy, <laughs> let alone within a Penix, right? Out? Against Utah. Holy shnikes. Yeah, that's, I mean, that game is an all-timer, the comeback, the Luke. Uh, are you on, are you, you're in the formation, I think, on the left side on that, on the game-winning touchdown? <sighs> Do you remember? I don't remember. It's just chaos. Yeah. The that whole... was a loud moment. Do you remember? Like, when Luke scores that touchdown, you, I think that's a top five loudest mo- moment in Lavelle Edwards. You, you go deaf. Like, you Did you hear nothing? Nothing. It's so loud you it's hear nothing. It's so loud you hear nothing. But you hear nothing most of the game. You block it out. I, it's the focus. People don't realize, like, you go deaf for so much of the game. Like, you just hear Nothing. Everything is just trained. Your body's just trained, um, especially for receivers, because we don't hear the quarterback. So everything is just on movement. Mm. The ball moves, the safeties move, the corners move, linebackers move, and then your body just goes to where you have trained your body to go to and do what it's supposed to do. So you're just, you're most of the time, you're just like you're deaf. It's interesting. I'm not on the same level as you in any way, shape, or form. But there are moments where I've played a game or whatever. My wife's like, could you hear Venna and Tate, my two kids? And I was like, no. Like, I'm not – and again, I'm not – I'm like single-A baseball compared to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So that's an incredible season. And then you end up, uh, you know, playing 0-2 and then you're an undrafted free agent in the NFL. What was that experience like to get on with the Eagles and then play for a bunch of seasons and Andy Reid – and playing a Super Bowl. Oh, what a I, journey for you. And you fulfilled what you said on the driveway with your dad yeah. when you're kicked out of BYU. With, that's a very vulnerable moment. Yeah. Like, I'm going to play in the NFL. You did it. I go out to the Eagles, um, and a lot of it had to do with Vi Sikahema. So I don't know Vi at this time. We're actually distantly related. Actually, like we go to the same family reunion. We're related through our Altai V side. And, but I've never met Vi. But Vi knows I'm coming, gets a hold of me. And, like to try out. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm going to try out. And here's a funny story about that. Vi tells me, hey, you and your family come stay in my basement. So, You're like, I know what a basement is. I've moved to Utah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but Vi has a nice basement. I'm sure he did. <laughs> and so... We're staying in Vi's basement. I'm going through training camp, mini camp, training camp. And right now, the Eagles have Deuce Daly, Brian Westbrook, Carell Buckhalter. They only keep three tailbacks. And so I think Vi tells me later, I didn't know this at the time, Vi doesn't think I'm going to make the team because they have these three all-stars on the team. And they only keep three. And so um, fast forward, first week, I make the team. And so Vi pulls me in and he's like, uh, or Elder Sikahema, sorry. <laughs> Elder now, Sikahema. now he's Elder Sikahema. Now he's Elder Sikahema. Yeah. So Elder Sikahema pulls me in. He's like, 
hey, nephew, you can't be living in my house making more money than me. <laughs> <laughs> so me and my wife had to go get a place. That's hilarious. I'm like, man, I'm talking. You can't kick me out. Anyways, it was Vi, Elder Sikahama, that told me that you need to go do punt return. I Because mm, that's, what, that's what he did. Yes. But he's like, if you want, if you want a shot at even making practice squad, you need to go do punt, you need to go do punt return. And so I was just like, okay, okay. I mean, I'm, I, I made it as far as I've made it in everything in my life because I feel like I'm coachable. Teach me something. I learn, I listen and I apply. And so when he told me that I started going to a punt return, I might've had a handful. I wasn't a punt returner at BYU. By any means. And so I go do punt return and that's what actually they kept me because I could do punt. I could catch punts. You didn't have to return it. Andy just wanted, Coach Reed just wanted the ball. He just wanted someone that can secure the ball and give it back to our offense. Let's Donovan McNabb, who gets hundreds of millions, let him deal with it. But I need that ball. And so I was a safe, I was safe for it. And that's what I made the team for five years. And every time I go back there, I just kept thinking about how many diapers catching that ball is going to provide. So I'm going to catch that ball. No matter how scared I am, I'm catching that ball. (laughs) (laughs) It provided a lot of diapers. That's a lot of diapers. That's a lot of diapers. I had never really connected the dots between you being sort of Vi Point uh, 2.0 in Uh, in terms of, okay, at BYU, Vi told me I wanted to be the running back. I wanted to be the guy. And he said, once I realized I wasn't going to crack you know, the, the starting job, I wasn't going to be that guy, I, they put me on punt return and kick return. And on punt return, he said, I, was, I decided I would never fair catch again. I was always going to take it, no matter how reckless that was, because I was mad yeah. at BYU. <laughs> and then he makes this career out of himself. He goes to the NFL. Yes, he dabbles you know, at running back, but he's a, he's a returner. Yes. And then he finds himself Punching the field goal he's post an and he's all star returner. He's, he's not amazing. Just a, he's an all pro or pro bowl returner, yes. not just a returner. Yes, he's a pro bowl returner. So in terms of him, when he tells you that, that's that's from his own experience of like you can stick if you do this. Correct. That's amazing advice. Because yeah, from no, his own career, no one wants to do punt return. It is the worst position in football. No one wants too much risk. You stand back there, the balls, the way they're kicking it, like you don't know what the elements, the wind, the and then, oh, and you're in Philly too, so you're playing in yeah, the elements, like you said, all the time. Are your guys blocking? Are they not blocking? These are NFL punters. Like it is the worst position. No one wants to do it. <laughs> like the only people that want to do it are those that it's no choice. Like I have to do it. Do you see a diaper when it's coming down? Yeah. That's like the visual. <laughs> that is, is the it thought. Cash? Is it before yeah. every punt? That's the thought. Like I'm catching. Di- if I don't catch this, I can't buy my kids diapers. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay, so you stick in the NFL for how many years? Five. Five years. Five years. Did you ever envision you'd be able to make it for five years like that? That's incredible. No. <laughs> I thought I'd make it, but five years. And it's probably year to year, right? Where you're like, I, was, I still got to make the team every every. Year. There might have been one, one year where I was like, I I felt like you know what, looking around the competition, I'm I'm gonna make the team. I might have had that once out of the five years, mm. but every year I was on the bubble. But I can say I've never been cut. Like when I went when I went to camp, I made the team. So when you're done, you chose to be done. Yeah, nice. I was done after four. I. My my agent was trying to shot me. I almost went and played for Norm, Coach Chow at Tennessee. And so my agent, I, I believe, overpriced me for them. And so I was good. I was good to be done after four. And then the first game, the Eagles went and played the Packers, and they had the punt returners lost the game for them. Literally lost the game. They had a couple fumbles. One of them was at the end of the game. Packers kicked a field goal, I believe, to win that game. I was on the first flight back. <laughs> for your last year? For my fifth year. For the fifth year. Okay. Yeah. That That's was amazing. the coolest year ever. <laughs> You're on Scully? You're on Scully? <laughs> well, because no, they wanted you so bad? Why, it, it, why was, was it cool? It was just like they – the very first game I come back, mind you, I've been there four years. This has never happened. Punt returners fumbled. 
the whole game. I come back. We're playing the Redskins. And I got maybe a yard or two on the first one, the first punt. I got a standing ovation from the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Who have booed Santa yeah, Claus. They booed me. And I and I never did anything wrong. Like just Philly. It's Philly. Yeah. I never forget this. We had just won a battle against Green Bay Packers on Monday night football. I'm on I mean, I'm just high as a kite. Like it was such a great game. We ended up winning. I come running off the field and this Philadelphia fan just right above the tunnel. Hey, Reno, drunk, drunk as I'll get out. You're only on the team because you're Mormon. <laughs> With Andy Reid. <laughs> and I was like, just ruined my night. Like, like, come on, man. What? We just won the game. <laughs> but, oh, I got to love the Eagle fans. That's hilarious. Okay, you play in a Super Bowl. Do you receive the opening kick? We kick off. You kick off. Okay. Yeah, we Do you get the off. second half kick? No. You never got the kick. I was uh, – the the – the the Flash. flashes. Oh, Did you my. have that moment? Kickoff. Every kickoff. We're getting ready to kick the ball off. Let me think. How did this work? I, I just remember. The coolest thing is being on the field for the very first kickoff. Like you're on the field and you're getting ready to, where was I on the, no, I've got to go back and see where the heck I was on the field. It was Super Bowl 39, yeah. 2005, February 2005. And I just remember flashes. Just, like, it was crazy. It was so cool. But I, I think it was a touchback or something. I don't think we had a return. Or I, I'm trying to remember what it was. But, no, at this at, at this Super Bowl, I, I either was an off-returner. I was on the return team, but I— J.R. Reed was our actual kickoff return. I was just punt return. What was it like with Andy Reed? Obviously a BYU guy, member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as you mentioned, crushing it with the Kansas City Chiefs, now won a Super Bowl two years ago. Saw the earth. I mean, the, I can't get too emotional. I, I want to keep dry eyes in here. <laughs> but but Andy, till this day, Coach Reed is still someone that's always there for me. And so more importantly, I, I know you asked this about this earlier, but um, when everything happened with Elsie, um, that was probably one of the most important coaching he ever gave me. And so with regards to protecting my family, because he had went through something like that. He had lost a child. And so his, his coaching, his advice um, during that time, uh, I'll forever be grateful to him in where my family is right now and, and my marriage and and um, the coaching he gave me during that time. Let's talk about Elsie. Um, so in, in 2016, uh, you have a three-year-old daughter, Elsie, who unfortunately passes away in an accident at home. It's been five years. What have you thought about what has, has uh, I guess, affected you from that uh, tragedy five years ago to now? I, I think um, the biggest takeaway for me is um, the beliefs I hold and how important those are now. You know, I have a belief in the plan of salvation and how much that means to me and how important that is to me that I will be with her again. Um, as far as effect, I, I tried. I tried it during that 2017 season, but the it's it's hard to be in that indoor facility, the indoor football field. Like I, I try, you know. There's times where I'll come back and just it's almost like therapy. Tried to overcome having to run off that field to head to the hospital. And so they just that's for, where you were when you heard. Yeah. Okay. So I was on the field. We had practice and I ran out, jumped in my car and ran off to the hospital. So that whole part, you know, just that 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 is probably the hardest effect, like coming to BYU, coming again, trying it that whole next year. It was just it was it was hard on the mind. It was hard on everything. And so um, when that whole transition with Ty and everything, it was – matter of fact, Copper Hills, <laughs> how about this? 
I was leaving Copper Hills when I made that decision that I'm done. Mm. Like I remember leaving recruiting. It was recruiting time. I'm leaving Copper Hills and I called my wife and I was just like, I can't do it no more. I just need to just. You were the running backs coach at BYU. Yeah. A couple seasons. And I just remember that time. And then it made it easier with the transition. New coaches on the offensive side. That that whole thing just. I didn't know that you felt like you didn't want to do it anymore. Because they end up letting the whole offensive staff go as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that worked out. That was the perfect transition. I didn't ever want to feel like I quit on Kalani. I didn't. I just couldn't do it no more. And yeah. so that transition helped. That, were, you, were you affected by what happened with LC? In, that, that's with what coaching? I'm, yeah. Like it just. It was hard because um, I, that's where I was when it happened to her. Mm-hmm. Like just as a father, like feeling like you weren't there. Mm. That's a hard feeling, I would bet. You know, and so, um, well, yeah, and that's why I'm I'm pretty stingy about my time now, as far as just being home, taking my kids to practices, being with my kids. I just, you know, I don't. I don't ever want to be beholden to that time no more. Like it's being with my wife and kids. So that changed something philosophically for you. Yeah. And how you spend your time. Gotcha. Uh, you mentioned you have nine children. That's that's a lot of practices to go to. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of time. What's that like as a as a um, with you and Sunny? It organized chaos. Actually, no organized. Just chaos. <laughs> it's just chaotic. And it's just worth it. Like, it's so much fun. What it's, makes it worth it? I, I like to feel like this is what it is. Like, I think sometimes we chase this um, eternal perspective. But I feel like that feeling you have with your family and you're here and what you're doing with them on a daily basis and the, just the, the, the joys yeah, things sometimes things are hard. Schedules are hard, but when you slow everything down and you spend all this time with your with your kids, especially with your wife, that it's just there's just so much. I'm just so grateful, grateful to have that opportunity. I'm grateful to have my family. I'm just grateful to to be in the position to to be able to do that with my wife and kids. So you're in the moment. You're living in the now. Absolutely. I love that, Reno, because I don't like the idea of chasing something that's always out in front of me. Why can't I have some of it now? Yeah. It's like, well, wait, 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 wait. wait. I want to enjoy this time together now. I think that what you just said relative to what you learned with, with Elsie's passing is really important about, you know what? I want to be present. Ever, I think we can all learn from that. You ever heard of the Mexican fisherman? No. It's a long it's, – it's a story, so go check it out. It's not a long story, but it's a story. It's Mexican fisherman, is, in, in a nutshell, he's enjoying his life. He goes out, grabs fish, comes out, chilling with wife, hanging out with his kids, homies. Next morning, goes out, comes back. A tourist sees him. It's like, you know, if you go out just a little bit longer, you could get more fish. And you could start a company, you could sell it, you could make all this money, you could take it to the market, you could just millions. And then the Mexican fisherman's like, sweet, how long would it take to do that? He's like, you know, maybe seven, ten years, whatever the timeline is. And he's like, oh, okay. And then what? Then he can go fish, come hang out with his wife and kids when it's just like, you don't realize you can do those things now. But sometimes we're chasing things that the world tells us we want, we need. We don't really need it, you know. And so to be able to give up a nice car and just keep the car I'm driving now because then I can spend more time with my kids, I'm good. I'm going to spend more time with my kids. Like I'm going to hang out. I'm not going to chase that. All I'm chasing is free time to hang out with my kids. Mm. And my, I keep saying kids, but mostly my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When you were with the Eagles, you uh, embodied this as well. You took a part-time job in the off-season as an NFL player? Chickies and Pete's? <laughs> Chickies and Pete's. Chickies and Pete's? <laughs> yeah. What NFL player gets a job in the summer? What is, the, what is this? I, so it was a trip because I lived in Houston in the off-season. Why we, were you living in Houston? 
a lot of guys, they go back to wherever their home base is. My yeah. mother-in-law lives in Houston. Gotcha. So I wanted to get a house for my wife next to her mom. Mm. So we were just blocks from her. So we built a house there. Um, so it, it was fine. But there are certain times during the off-season in Philadelphia where you had, you had to get four lifts in. And, so, and they paid you for it. So you're going to think I'm crazy. but <laughs> So my cousins all work for the airlines. So I figured a system out where I could fly back and forth to Philadelphia for like 60 bucks. Okay. Buddy passes. Yeah. Buddy right? passes. So yeah, I figured cool. out a little system. And then I'd go out Monday morning. I'd get two lifts in. But you had to have 24-hour break. So I worked out Monday. I didn't work out Tuesday. I worked out Wednesday, and I flew home Wednesday morning. So I got all four lifts in within Monday morning to Wednesday morning. And so Monday night and Tuesday night, my wife and kids are back in Houston. So I had nothing to do. So guys were always like, would go play (laughs) video games or go to the mall, and you're spending money. So I thought... We kept going to Cheeky and Pete's, and Pete would always hook us up. And so finally one day I was just like talking to the manager there, and I'm like, hey, if I, if I, if I worked here, would you guys, would Pete pay me? And he was like, heck yeah. <laughs> so Pete paid me, <laughs> and then Pete gave me bonuses. <laughs> okay. Whenever he got on the news, and he got on the news. <laughs> he got on the, that was this big story, right? Yeah. Like, what is this guy doing? So it was the way I looked at it. Jaron was just wasted time was wasted money. And so since I was away from my wife and kids, I didn't want to waste that time doing nothing or just spending money. So I just got a job. And so it was an easy job. Chicken and Pete's. Chicken and Pete's. I got to go. I'm in Philadelphia. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious, dude. (laughs) It worked out great. That's awesome. Okay. um, I know you're into other causes as well outside of your family. You've talked about the Firefighters Challenge. What is that and, and what are you doing with well, it? Well, mostly it's it's mental health for heroes. So we started a nonprofit called Mental Health for Heroes. and what, Super important right now. There's so, a lot of discussion about mental health, which is awesome. More importantly with our first responders. Mm. So mental health. I don't really for, think about them in this. So mental health for heroes, the heroes part is our first responders, our officers, firefighters, EMT. In statistically for occupation out there, firefighters and police officers are number one, number two in divorce and suicide. Wow. Per capita. Hmm. And so it's a need. Um, It's personal for my wife and I because when I was coaching, they were the first ones to show up to help my wife. And so it's something that's been personal for us. And so what we do is just eliminate the um, hurdles to go get therapy. Co-pays, setting up, um, training good therapists to make sure that they can deal with that kind of PTSD and be PTSD proficient. That's amazing. So that's how we got tied in to the Firefighters Challenge. So the proceeds from the Firefighters Challenge, whatever they raise covering their costs, Anything extra gets donated to our foundation. What is the Firefighters Challenge? Firefighters Challenge, they call it the um, hardest two minutes in sports. So it's pretty cool. If you Google it and look up the the competition where they go up five flight of stairs, they pull up this, you know, this heavy deal, run back down. They have to touch every stairs on the way back down. Then they um, they hammer this deal where, you know, they have to hammer something. Then they zigzag, pull a hose, you know, then they squirt a, a, a target, um, squirt. They hose a target, and then they pick you up. You and I use squirt. <laughs> yeah. they, use, they use hoses, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And then they pull like 100, I think 170, 80-pound body, a full length. They have to pull it backwards. And That's incredible. It's it's the like it's coming in October. Like I think weekend. it's a competition. It's a competition, and wow. so we having we're having nationals here in Utah. Oh, nice! October twenty something, twenty um, second or third or how, something like that. How do we find out more info about this? Uh, if they just to. Google Firefighters Challenge, Salt Lake City. So, yeah, you, uh, Firefighters Challenge in Sandy, Utah. Yeah, they should be able to pull all that up. But That's wild, dude. It's you said I, you said two minutes. 
Yeah, it takes it, them two minutes to do some, all that? Some guys, it takes a minute 20. Are you serious? Yeah. That's unbelievable. If I could do it in two minutes, that'd be unreal. But I, I'm probably – I want to try. I've never tried it. But I, if I try you it – You want to try it? I'm going to try it. Wow. You're going to try is, it. I am. This yeah. sounds incredibly <laughs> physical. Yeah. So wow. do you, you travel with the team, right? No. Okay. So you no. can come try it. I'm a left-behind guy. Both BYU <laughs> and Utah will be out. They're away games. Gotcha. That weekend. That week. So come and do it. Let's okay. go do it. Oh, oh, I'm crazy. I'm traveling with the team that week. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like, well, we, it's no, Wednesday. I, I know least, you're not leaving Wednesday. I want to at least watch, yeah. No, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. It's a and cool. A, and a great I'm, cause. I'm excited to look for that experience, yeah. but it, it is a great cause, and it, it speaks to the physique of our firefighters. And Oh, my gosh. I mean, just. Physically, mentally, like you're crazy. talking about emotionally. crazy. Well, that's awesome. Well, Reno, we covered a ton. Uh, thanks for coming in. It's always great to see you. Thanks you got a big, <laughs> amazing Joseph F. Smith uh, black and gray beard now. It's to You're hide not it. that old. You got a little gray. But you're not it's to hide old, my man. fat face. <laughs> so until I lose all the weight, I'm not shaving it. <laughs> I've dropped 50, though. 50? I'm down 50 pounds since February. Oh, my gosh. How? Yeah. What have you done? Just this eating program. So all eating. No, you're not even allowed to work out. All eating. I think people, more people need to know about this yeah, one. They feel like they have a, to do all these things, right? No, this is straight. You're eating differently. Eating differently. Interesting. Yeah. So, well, congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, thanks for thanks coming Thanks for in. having me. That'll do it for us. Listen to previous episodes of the show on the BYU Radio app or where podcasts are found. For Reno Mahan, producer Trent Rhymeshusel, I'm Jerem Jordan. You've just listened to Deep Blue on BYU Radio.